So, um, Kurt, where are we at, dude? Um, we're chilling in Brad's office. Hanging out. B Rad's office. B Rad, that's your nickname? I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, no farting in the office, please. Who's, yeah. Who's farting? Yo, you need to relax. Don't fart and stuff. I, I, I'm going to hit some more glass before the end of this because you know yeah, I mean? he's, he's really already pumping elbows here. on the glass. <laughs> It's all good. Taking down our storefront glass to I, was, our I was trying to look like Brad, you know what I mean? He was up here like this, and I tried it, and then I sit too low or something. So, it did. <laughs> Brad took his shoes off for this. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, that's already on the joint. They already know about that. <laughs> they already know that. Yeah, I mean, did. if you watch my stories, I talk about I have <laughs> yeah. The one problem when I'm in my office, I'll get up and walk to the printer, you know, my socks, and maybe a client or a customer walks in, and I'm in my socks, and just say, hey, well, apologize cool for the no What is on there? Pump, uh, Got some pineapples. Pineapples. Yeah. Yeah. These are the happy sock uh, pineapples today. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I should have pulled out some stance socks with Carson Wentz on it since he would just went down uh, for the season for you guys. Yeah, look, Stop! Man, you don't got it. Like you're making me cry, cry over here. here. Yeah, man, like it is what it is. Like what's <laughs> happening? I like this though. Anyway, all right. So, so uh, you know what, Brad? We're talking about right? Brad from AFT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember I saw you about a year, a year, two years ago. I don't even remember. It was on some random live that I didn't usually jump on these lives. Yeah, you came on. It was uh, I did took over for Martin Protractor was podcast. It? Yeah, okay. And you had messaged me. You're sending a bunch of questions and stuff. I was That's like, the first time, dude. This guy is legit. Like <laughs> I was, I've seen some more lives right prior to that, and I'm like, like this was st- this always stood out to me that like what you were saying. I don't even know what you were talking about, but it was like legit. Um, you know, I could tell that you had something awesome going on down here. Well, thanks. Yeah, and now I know that it was all a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, just kidding. Yeah, so why, the, why, why this? Where did this come from? Yeah, so this is our home base. We're here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and this is our office. So one of, you know, as, as many of us have been through in our years, you know, construction is a roller coaster industry, right? It's, it's hit by recessions. It's hit by economies pretty, you know, pretty hard. Yeah. And the, when, you know, I, the last company I worked for, one of the, the biggest challenges they had that there was no brick and mortar behind them, right? So they were a, a contractor, did well, commercial, residential, but there was nothing to, to hold them up in that downturn. So one of our goals when we started AFT was to have some brick and mortar behind us. And so we've worked really hard to build a portfolio, including this building. So this building we purchased uh, actually in the recession, 2011, well, 2012, January. It was an old building here in the Scottsdale Air Park. It was a great location. Uh, you know, the property values have gone up quite a bit here in this area. But we got this uh, very competitively priced. We gutted the entire building. We fixed it up. As you can see, the finishes here, you know, from did a, little, a lot of glass and yeah, higher-end like, finishes. I like this because you don't stare at the guy at the desk. Yeah, know? so what Kurt's talking about, you know, we have a nine-foot panel of glass. And about the middle section is tinted, so it's... People are walking by. They're not distracted looking in. You still have that privacy. Uh, but yet it's still open, reflects that natural light. And the finishes were pretty modern. You know, that we did this seven years ago. It stayed current. And uh, we have four tenants in the building that, that occupy space from us. So it allows us to run very efficient, very lean. So before this, you're a kid and you're like, I'm going to grow up and open this company up. What was your, what were you, <laughs> what, why? That's a great goal. You know, it's funny as I, I think things evolve over time. You know, I, for me, I, I'll be honest. I never thought that, especially at this age or even maybe in general that I'd be uh, in this position or this ambitious or running a company, you know, that entrepreneur lifestyle. 
you know, I worked, my, I mean, my father and uncles, they're electricians, had their own shop. They were entrepreneurs, and I worked with them growing up in California. Decided I wanted to uh, be the guy on the job site yelling at me as a sub. So That's went good. to school, got a degree in construction management, and, and that was kind of the path I took. And things kind of fell into place, and you, you kind of hit your stride and realize what you're good at, your talents, Um your abilities and then you kind of just start building that path if you will and that's how things went for me I you know was fortunate to meet some great people I remember in high school one uh, one of my coaches told me it's not what you know but who you know and it, there's so true in life right the networking power networking. It's like brick and mortar shit you're talking about you know what I mean yeah in a but, different sense you know <laughs> what I mean it is though so I mean you meet the right out. people and they empower you and you know that's allowed kind of where I've been blessed, you know, we look at our staff empowering them and let them go learn and run and kind of kick them off the pier and learn and figure it out. And you're going to make mistakes, but through that, you'll learn and do better on the next round. Yeah, it's growing, right? So growing. you didn't think you would be here <clears throat> sitting here right now? In high school, no In chance. High school. Never. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know you're a sports dude. Was that something that you were trying to pull for? Well, I, I just never had the uh, the physique to get to that level, right? That was just not in the cards for me, but – I, I am a big sports fan and still play to stay active, but that was never really a pursuit. It just, you know, you're just not really sure the career path, but I'm really grateful for the one I chose. I mean, I love real estate. I love construction. I love building. You know, I love the ability to take, you know, my family, kids, friends, you know, to projects. You know, today we were walking projects, and there's nothing better than walking a high-end project, something that's lasting that people see or use. And that's cool. Very fulfilling. Yeah. Did you ever electrocute yourself? <laughs> Many times. <laughs> <laughs> Too many times. I have too. Oh, my gosh. It's always fun. The classic was when I'd ask my uncle, you know, my uncle Gary, who's who's notorious for, hey, Uncle Gary, did you turn the breaker off? Yeah, it's off. I'm sure. I'm like, are you sure? Actually, one morning gotcha. we're in Coronado, and I just had bought my new clients, right? $30 clients, oh, you know? Bro. And I asked him. He said, Brad, yeah, it's off. I'm sure. I go to, you know, cut it and bam, pop. You know, and blew a hole right uh, through my clients. Oh, so there yeah. went my... Gotcha. You know, my purchase. And at that time, you know, as a kid, 30 bucks, that was a lot of money. Oh, so. yeah. That's a, that's a serious <laughs> set of, like, uh, freaking, uh, whatchamacallit, Lyman's, right? Yep. Yep, Klein Lyman's. Exactly. So okay, Kurt, with the electrical knowledge. That's just tool yeah. knowledge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we went through, where, where, where'd you take us today? So today, we took the guys, we have... Uh, couple customs in different stages. So we went to one of the real high-end subdivisions, Silverleaf here in Scottsdale. Took them through a home that's 12,000 square feet under roof, custom home. It's about a week and a half from finishing, you know, from completion. They saw, you know, you guys saw we're doing all the punch work and furnishing. So all the furniture was being installed and getting ready for final clean. We already have CFO getting ready to fill the pool and, uh, Headed up north up to our Estancia subdivision to show you a beautiful hillside build we'll be doing. Yeah, that's going to be good. The ICF construction is going to be awesome. Be that's awesome. like the prime lot mm -hmm. over there. Yeah, it's going to be sick. It's by far and away the best lot we've ever built on. It's not even close. It's at the base of Pinnacle Peak. All the rock formations, the swirl cacti, which you guys saw. I mean, it's just when you think of desert or mountain or phoenix, you know, that's kind of what you envision. And it's really nestled up on that hill. You really got to see it, though. Things. Yeah. You guys see it, and it, I mean, the layout we were talking about with the pool today on site is going to be super dope. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? With that whole mountain, well, whatever you want to call it, behind it with the boulders and everything. You know what I mean? Well, he's really tucked away on that hill. So as you're coming through that front door, like we mentioned, you're going to walk through this front door, high ceilings, high glass, mm -hmm. 
looking right out to that back patio, to that negative edge, you know, mm. infinity pool. And then you have that big rock formation. It's going to mm. be, it's going to be pristine. That's going to be nice. So, so do you help with that design? We prefer to be. So in a perfect situation, you know, we can negotiate the contract or work with the client from the beginning because that allows us from pre-construction to come in as a team with the architect, interior designer, and us as the contractor. And that allows us to not only have the team kind of working together cohesively, but it also allows the value engineering, the input from all the parties, you know, how we can build it more efficiently, how we can still incorporate all the design features and make sure that, you know, towards the end of the project, you're not dealing with these odds and ends that didn't make sense. And, you know, you can really plan a lot better from the beginning. So it's real good for tracking, right? Because it's all like sort of under one umbrella at that point because you technically know all the people. It is. You know the people, you know the systems, you understand the home better. You're not just coming in blind trying to hard bid mm -hmm. something. You know, there's some vested interest there, and you want to make sure that that vision comes to reality and you have had input, right, to make sure it's done right and designed right and planned right. So. Do you ever sleep? Uh, <laughs> he according sleeps. To, Stop according, lying. According to Kurt, I go to bed at five. Well, you're, I mean, you're yeah. older, nine. so. Nine. <laughs> nine, not five. No, oh, nine. You know what? Just like anyone, you're operating – not much sleep. I mean, between running a company, family, you know, a lot of kids. and You got kids? I have, yeah. Just a couple. How many? A couple six. He's got oh, a basketball same. team. <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. A five couple more, of them, you know. Five more till we get our Eagles roster. Dude, yeah. you don't Boy. want an Eagles roster, yeah. do you? Oh, you man. Chargers roster or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so between kids, I mean, it's, you know, six kids that range from one years old to high school. My oldest, she's a cheerleader in high school, so... You know, they have events and activities and, you know, it's just busy running a company, dealing with clients, meeting after hours when the clients can meet, you know, our staff issues, you know, that come up every day. So you just realize how you can manage your time and move stuff around as best you can. And that's just hard work. It's not going to build itself. So, yeah, that's cool. I mean, there, whenever there was a downtime that you were like shooting an email, returning a text message, like... Well, I can see that you have that time management skill. Yeah, sure. you have to. I wish there was uh, more time. You know, it's just kind of like you mentioned, right? I mean, it's every minute you're sending emails, sending texts, making calls, or for me, social media too. That's a big part of what we do. So you're responding to questions, comments as much as you can. And Do you ever just shut it down? Um, you know, I, I've gotten a little bit better, you know, at least taking breaks, not for long spurts. I need to do better. But, you know, there are times where I'm at home where I'll put the phone in you know, the drawer for a minute, we're having family dinner, you know, try to make sure I'm at least disconnected Present. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to be, I want my kids to be, I want them to sit at the dinner table and, you know, that's an important time. One of the only times you have as a family sit right. down. So. And that's why example. we do this, right? Like yeah. Without this, you can't, you can't give that back to your family. Like you, you can, you know what I mean? And there's things you'll miss out. You don't want to. And yeah. so it is important to disconnect and, you know, we'll work hard, play hard. You know, we try to take some vacations as a family and, have that alone time, even if it's something small, and then try to, you know, disconnect a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you think your favorite part of this is? AFT. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> what you as in a personal stance, like, you know what I mean? Like, what do you love so much about this? Because you ain't going to do this without loving it, right? Like, you you can't. Or you, you know you're going to do it for, like, nutty. a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either that or yeah. you. Yeah, I, there are I mean, days we think we're nutty, yeah, man. Right? The stress <laughs> of construction, right? And just sure. dealing with, uh, you know, everything that comes with it. But... For me, I, I just love seeing our company grow. I mean, it's been, 
you know, here it was. We weren't really sure. Do you mean the Eternals or the overall? Well, I think it's just overall. I mean, because we, we, we had a game plan of what we wanted to become. We, when I say I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure of what, you know, how we'd get there or how, uh, you know, this would transpire and how right. it would look. But here we are now. And to see what we've built, the reputation, the projects we've worked on, the reputation, the employees, you know, the, the people that want to work here and be part of this, uh, that's very inspiring. You know, when we were on social media and we get the messages of people asking questions and asking how we've, you know, uh, different things that we've done and asking for that advice and, you know, the camaraderie that's built. I mean, we're sitting here because of that relationship, right? Brad I mean, to me, that's. A phone call. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> Turn that off. <laughs> I mean, there's just there's there's no value you can put on that relationship of the camaraderie, you know. And we've had some amazing relationships through Instagram with other builders in the country. And you know, one of the things that you know, when we went to Orlando last year for the first time, I was so excited because here we are in Phoenix. Not, not many people are on social media. Most of you guys are back east or in the Midwest. And it's the first time I got to meet most everyone, and it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, it was fun, man. I, I had a good time. I mean, we're going to Vegas. You're going to Vegas, I'll right? Be there, I mean, yeah. It'll be fun. Should I know I'm looking forward to it. You looking forward to it? No. No? No. Right. I hate Vegas. <laughs> it's going to be stupid. Maybe. Yeah. I'll take some naps in the hotel room. <laughs> take some naps at 9 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. 9 o'clock. That's my new bedtime, Brad. There's just, no excuse over there. Brad just told me it's going to be, you know, that's my new bedtime because I got to step my shit up. I mean, I could be bed at 9. I don't know. Cut that cheeseburger in half and get to bed. I'd like a cheeseburger without cheese and cut it in half. Yeah. No crust. I don't even know how there is. Cut the crust on There's not even crust on a burger. You guys. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm just saying. Some people, man. So, like, so you were talking about, like, you didn't, you're happy that it grew. And so, but that doesn't happen on accident. It doesn't. And, you know, I think that's the one thing that a lot of people nowadays maybe just don't understand the amount of hard work. You know, they see the pictures on Instagram or they see this and that. And what I tell everyone, look, it's it's not going to be fast. It's going to be it's going to be hard. I mean, two years ago, there were times where I was so stressed out, like, where's the next job going to come? What's coming next? How are we going to get this next lead? How are we going to get from this remodel to now, you know, this new built custom, you know, how we can get over that hump and that time, not just at work, but pounding the pavement and networking with architects and designers and working on social media and building those the foundation. Yeah. I mean, it's look, there's, there's no shortcut. You're going to have to find every avenue to better your company from a performance standpoint, as well as networking, as well as marketing until you can get to a point to build that brand. And it just, uh, and and it's so much work to get there, and then when you get there, it's even more work to stay there, to, right? To, to compete. protect the reputation. Yeah, and that's the hardest part. I mean, you kind of alluded to that, which it was easy when you're do, when there's three people in the company and you're doing a couple projects, you know that every site's pristine and everything's running efficiently. But then when you get bigger, to keep that same brand and mentality, it's tough. It's constant. You know, it's a switch up. to management yeah. and process. It is a process. You have to come up with processes for the team, and that's something that we've been lax on that we've really tried to work on this last year, and next year will be a big focus. Our processes, you know, our our procedures and how the guys can be efficient with the tools around them. Yeah, I I try to make the point that the process, don't just check the box. There's more to just doing what we do than checking that box off. 
there's all the stuff that comes with doing it right for the client. And, and just you check the box off, you move to the next one without any kind of, you know, it's just a number and you don't really care about it because you just need to get that one done. But you got to care about each one of those boxes that you check off. Um, so that's kind of what I always try to get everybody to move towards. And do you have, so let me ask you, I'll, I know we're kind of here. Go ahead, go ahead. But for you, Ryan, like when you're talking about your company and checking those boxes, do you have a SOP, you know, of for procedures for the team? Are you, when you say check boxes, is that just kind of a, a theory or are there actual, you know, 10 items that the guys are responsible for? Yeah, they're, they're responsible to run through the process um, so, so what that are the outcome is the same. Um, some of the stuff is uh, like we get to the job. And you're supposed to go to the house and knock on the door, go over the contract. So there's like procedures that they're in place there for a reason that have to be hit every time. Mm-hmm. But you ha- you don't just check the box like, here's a contract. Is this the color you chose? Is this the, it's, you know, it's a yeah. personal thing. It's yeah. a, I'm excited to be here. This is the color. You ready to get, yeah. you know, I'm going to do this up. roof today. Like, yeah. you know, and it's not just checking the box. And just running through the motions is what I mean. And I think you kind of alluded to that. I think the biggest thing that people miss is communication. And you're kind of alluding to that. It's not just, hey, check the box. It's your, your, your employees represent your brand. They represent you. They're communicating. And one thing where we've had constant training with our staff is communication, right? And I'll just give you one small example. We had an incident where, uh, you know, the, we installed a kitchen in this custom home. And all the cabinets are in. The countertop company came by. They templated the whole house. Uh, it's ready for delivery day. You know, they're about to come out to, to install. And the homeowner says, I want my island bigger. Well, let's hold off on the countertop. Okay, that's fine. <clears throat> and they had a couple other tops that they hadn't selected in the powder bath. And so when it came time three weeks later for the crew to come out to bring these tops, you know, there was a change order sent over for the trip charge, which wasn't just a normal $75 trip charge. It was, you know, $500 trip charge. And, of course, the customer panicked. They're like, hey, we've, why am I paying so much for a trip charge? They already need to come out for these other powder baths. And why is it so expensive? This doesn't make any sense. And I had to explain to them that, hey, you know, and, and I'll get to my point here, but I said, look, with, if, if we were to just do these two powder bathrooms, one guy comes out by himself. He can carry the top by himself, set it, level it, you know, and he's good to go. But the problem is you held off on the island, so you're sending four guys out. No one guy's right. carrying this. That The weight of that island, the, the size of this top, you need four guys. So now you're asking a company to redo their whole schedule. They have to remobilize, send four guys, the overhead. I mean, it should they be They lost more. a lot of money. They well, lost Even though they money. made $500, yeah, five, <laughs> they make anything. $500, they're losing they, money. They it could be somewhere else. And this is where with our team, I said, look, what we need to do as a company you know, once we explained that, they got it, and they were fine with that. They signed it, paid for it. It wasn't even a question. But kind of to, to your point, Ryan, is that it's, it's the communication. There's that barrier there where we've said, okay, before we send that change order to the client, call before a customer. Say, that. hey, just so you yeah. guys know, you're going to see a charge coming up. It's, it's more than usual, but here's why. You know, you're having four guys now pull off, drive to your job, install it, set it, drive away. And so that's, that's a half Instead, day as a consumer, for four guys. They feel that you whacked them. Yeah. They like think you're just purpose. taking them over. Right. You know? Cause they really, don't understand it. You but just... really they whacked everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really their change costs me a ton of money. Yeah. I'll never get anything from that. Right. My sub right. will get a little bit. I won't. And then the subs not making enough. And so yeah. it all comes down to communication. I think there's processes. And as we've learned, Hey, you know, we can better communicate with our customers and kind of 
walk them through the process because we may understand it, but they don't. Yeah, but we take sometimes we take it as a given that they should know what we're saying, some word that we're using, a terminology, and they're like, oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah. But they just go along with it because they don't want to feel stupid. Right. Right in front of you because they're smart people. Mm-hmm. You know, they have these million million dollar homes, multi million dollar homes. And you're talking about fascia, and they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, then, and you're like, you don't know what I'm saying. You yeah. Know? They have no clue. Yeah. So, Like, on the lines of process, right? So, like, even for me and for other people, like, so you're talking about, like, putting in processes in place. Like, to better understand that, what, what do you, uh, like, active jobs running, like, typical on a year, like, throughout the year, like, What's a rough number on projects running at a time? So we have typically between 10 and 15 projects okay. running, right, that we'll do in a year that are usually running simultaneous because they're bigger jobs. So how many do you think are running at the, all of them at the same time? 15. So right now we just closed out a couple, so we're probably about eight, eight. right now. Okay. And then come January we'll go back up to 11 because we got a few starting. We'll have one closing, but it's that constant so revolution. Here, here's a question. Right. So none of this was on accident. Obviously, you have a number in mind that you would like to have the company revenue-wise mm-hmm. and job-wise. And then you probably know if I have five project managers, I can only run X amount of jobs at a time. And maybe they're close and you can have the one guy run two jobs at a time um, for years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're 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 most likely just trying to hit that goal, right? So you're setting that up we every are, year. And that's that's the biggest challenge. So the, it's kind of twofold for us as a GC. So to answer that question, we're running both commercial and residential. We have kind of a certain dollar range that we want to be in um, on both projects. And then we have a certain amount of projects that we want to keep in that pipeline. And I know that as a staff, we can handle that. Now, the one component to this, in addition to just our manpower our abilities, our processes as a GC, I have to be cognizant, you know, I have to be aware of all of our subs and their abilities because they don't just work for me. So a couple of my drywall guys have to make sure, okay, if I'm taking on these new projects, can they perform at these dates? In addition to what else they have. Can, do I have enough demo guys? Do I have enough, you know, graders and concrete and footings and all the stuff that goes into it? So we have to be careful and make sure we understand the market or there's been a labor shortage that we can perform on the jobs I'm going to has, contract. Has there been a labor shortage here? Uh, very much so. You know, some of the trades we've been fine. Um, masonry, uh, framing to an extent, uh, you know, some of those plumbing have been a challenge for us. They're, they're that way with us. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been tough. And some of them are fine because some of these trades, they operate quickly. You know, we're fortunate to have some good painters and trim guys and our roofers are good, and so we have a lot of companies that, that do perform just fine. But there is some gaps there that we struggle with, that yeah. we're constantly trying to find. So there's a somewhat of a labor shortage yeah, here there is. at times. Mm-hmm. Different it's times of the year. Is it, it's a seasonal here? Like, well, we have seasons. So, I mean, I, you really we don't, don't Yeah, one. for us, it's not seasonal. <laughs> it's just crazy because right now, I mean, Phoenix, it's year-round. I mean, even in the middle of the summer, we're building. doesn't matter that it's hot. You know, our mm-hmm. roofers are out there in the middle of the summer. <laughs> yeah. And so it doesn't, we don't have any seasonal work. It's more just what the guys can handle. Our electricians have had been really busy. So is, that's there, been another is there some type of technology you help yourselves put all, I mean, you're building these million dollar, multi million dollar homes and you have all these finishes and all these things that go in different spots. I don't, I have, a, I don't understand how you can pull that off. And that, that's the hardest part. And 
fortunately, we've done a lot of training and we, we use a few different systems. You know, Builder Trend is something we've spent a lot of time in and, and we use it for what it's good for us. And so, as you mentioned, with a custom home, we have a huge three-inch binder of design, right? Design books, specifications, Finishes. you know, mm. every finish, every detail, every... You know, appliance. piece of wallpaper, appliance, right. you know, That's what carpet, made me call tile. you the first a time. Faucet. Yeah. That, <laughs> a faucet. That right there. I mean, we'll have the house we walked today. It had like six brands. The closer. Right? Like, yeah. It had six plumbing brands, you I know, know, from, yeah. you know, Newport Brass to Moment to, you know, it. so the thing is you have to, we, we upload that all on Build-A-Trend so it's accessible and it's broken down by category, you know, plumbing fixtures, cabinet hardware, light fixtures. Do you have somebody flooring. that does that, is charge of that here? We do. So we have a project coordinator. We have two of them now, and their job is to manage that, manage all the selections, all the changes, and everything's uploaded in Build-A-Trend so the guys in the field can look at it anytime on their phone or iPad. You or, use it for production or, or Build-A-Trend's also for the customer? So we do Build-A-Trend. We have an owner portal for the customer you know, that they have access to. I want to ask you, so I was going to implement that and um, I thought it was pretty cool that you could offer that to the, the consumer, the customer, the client, whatever you want to call them. And they, they could go on and choose different finishes after a certain time. Like mm -hmm. you could give them three options and they could be like, oh, I like that one. Yeah. So we use it for that. And we have, because the good thing about Builder Trend in the portal, you can create tasks or, you know, items, you know, that they need to address. And what happens is we can put it in like, hey, you need to pick the grout color for your kitchen backsplash, whatever they may be if they're not selected. And it sends them an email and a text, and then it's like a to-do item for them. So you can create those to-dos in it. And then when they select it, it's in there saved in the system. So and that's what your coordinator it. handles. And that's what our coordinator's okay. handling. So that helps. And then, you know, we're still, uh, you know, as far as accounting, though, we use a system called Foundation. So we're not running any accounting through Builder Trend. Um, you know, we're not really using credit cards. It's all cash check. You know, most of our clients are cash or, you know, construction loans. So, yeah. and then we pay our trades that way too, you know, so. I'm assuming you have bookkeepers and accountants. Are they in-house? They're in-house. So we have in-house accounting, um, two people that work in accounting. We have in-house in general counsel. We're one of the few companies out there that have in-house general counsel full-time. Uh, part of that's because in addition to our construction firm, we have a real estate division, you know, portfolio. So uh, he stays really busy between, you know, the real estate side, the construction side, all the contracts we write, we write with all the subs yeah. and the clients. So he's managing that. He's managing all the insurance. You know, here we're, you know, in, well, in the industry or, or anywhere in the country, you're really mandated by insurance and you know, making sure you're doing things right. So he's managing all that, making sure that we're named as additional insured and that, uh, you know, all lien waivers are signed when they're, when we're cutting checks. So there's no liens on the property that everyone's current. So and you have hold harmless agreements with hold harmless, subcontractors mm -hmm. and all that, you know, we have, you know, subrogation uh, agreements they're signing, you know, and so all that stuff has to be tracked managed. There's minimums we require the subs to make sure that they qualify so that if they're injured on the job, that their policy is going to cover it and yeah. not just hit us as the GC. Now, when you call them subs, um, these guys are f with you from the start, or most of them are like they're kind of aligned with you. You guys use each other back, like you use them often? Very often. So, you know, I typically trade partners. I mean, here I'm kind of saying subs, but, yeah, we look at them as partners. I mean, we – I like that word. Yeah, trade partners. Yes. And we use it like in our emails when we but send them to bid. It's, it's the truth. It is. They are a partner. We don't treat them as a, 
subsidiary in any way. I mean, they're a partner. They, I'm only as good as my trades, right, as my trade partners. And we've been fortunate where almost all of them, you know, we have a good relationship and they value us. We value them. And, you know, life's about relationships. So if we're in a bind or an issue came up that we can call them and have that friendship or, hey, I need you guys to take care of this. Can you get a couple extra guys? Or we have this issue with the client. Can we get it resolved? And most of them will do that. So, But they're only going to do that if you treat them right. If you pay them on time, if you're fair with if them. If you do what you say you're going to do. If you're do. not screaming at them. Well, that's the same thing with say. any of it, yeah. right? Yeah. You do that with a customer. You do that with the people that work here. You do that, you know, you just do business mm-hmm. the right way. Yeah. And they'll stay. If you if treat you people don't, right. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> you treat people right. They'll stick around, you know. Yeah. Do you get I, more bees with honey than vinegar, right? Some so. people take advantage, but you you can pull them out and mm-hmm. know who they are. But yeah. the other people, they're just, they're trying to make a living. They're hardworking. Yep. You know what I mean? So. And no one's trying to get rich. Everyone's making a living. And yeah. You just need to treat it that way. Right. right. Yeah. So would you say this market, you said this market's crazy. Is it crazier than it's ever been since you've been? No, it's <clears> – <throat> the one thing I'll say is when I moved here – in 2005, after graduation, I mean, that 2006, it was nuts. I mean, it was, there was not enough labor. I mean, prices were going up every day. It was, you know, raffles on job site or, uh, you know, subdivisions were raffling, you know, f- just so you could buy a home. It was just complete, a complete madhouse. Whereas now it's been, it's been busy. It's been, um, but, but the one thing I've noticed is our customers are a lot more savvy. And maybe a lot of that's because of Amazon or online purchasing where it seems every price, even on the high dollar stuff, they're saying, well, why is it this when I can buy it for this? And, you know, so everything's checked and they're conscious of every dollar. And so I think that's helped stabilize it where it just hasn't been finance the world and spend it all. Yeah. Which is what we saw 10, you know, 12 years ago. And that was a mess here, right? Mm-hmm. Still, were you impacted as much as other areas? Big time. I yeah. mean, Phoenix was one of the worst in the country. Florida, Phoenix, Vegas, California. I mean, those are like the four worst areas. And it was hit. I mean, it was bad. 2008 to 2012, really. It was a tough four years here. It was so, really. Now a lot of guys left. Yeah. They left this area. They left this area. They left construction. I mean, a lot of them that have done it their whole life, they left the industry completely. Because of it. it, it was hit pretty hard. And it, we started our company in the recession, and it, it took even a few years, you know, before people really were, were remodeling and building new again. So, Do you think that helped you, though, as a business? I do. Yeah, it, we had to be lean. We had to be efficient. We had to. I mean, like the market being lean, because yeah. then it allowed you to get in the market that you, we talked about earlier, you said there's a bunch of older guys, you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. You're a younger dude coming in with a new outlook on what the fuck's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that that helped a lot. I mean, it helped us from having to really get up to speed quickly, you know, to compete with these guys and find different avenues. And social media is one of those that we leverage to help us build our brand. And then, uh, as I alluded, you know, running more efficiently from a cost perspective, you know, learning how to do that from the beginning has helped us as we've been more lean now. I found that if you're a bigger company in a downturn, you lose bigger. Yeah. And then a smaller company who's who because you you you're lean, you run lean. Mm-hmm. Yep. The bigger companies like, oh crap, you yeah. know, we just got railed and we're just gonna lose <laughs> money after money. Where the lean company's like, oh, I can start in a recession, no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you guys can, you know, operate in a different level. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Holes. In the 
boat easier to find when they're not it's not as big as a boat right <laughs> forget yeah, it yeah. like well there it is right there <laughs> yeah. move that guy sure. over here take care of that so yeah i mean that would be good news for anybody if we do have another recession start your business <laughs> yeah it's a good time to <laughs> start know? it's tough because you you're gonna deal with a lot of i mean it's hard enough starting a company build a name but it's hard sometimes to find those leads and that's as long as you're okay with the the fight if you will to do that and willing to put in the work and you know you could have a lot of success in recession building out of it yeah you got to be that dude to go get it though you can't just be the dude to sit around there and be like i guess i'm gonna get a lead today maybe i'll i won't do any maybe it's gonna come to me you gotta yeah. go get it right well and if you know one thing you'll learn is any smart savvy investor they're spending money in the recession that's the time to do it because it's cheap and they'll get gcs they'll get subs that'll be working on the cheap and so if you understand that as a gc or sub you know yeah, you're not going to make as much as you would maybe in a high economy, but it gets your name out there and you're busy and you learn how to operate more lean. Um, but there are customers that will hire you and you can build your company because that's the best time to build. Yep. yep. For people that got money. For people that got money. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you're usually looking for that deal. Looking they for are that deal. looking for that deal. <laughs> and we're giving it away. <laughs> for sure. Uh, anyway. For sure. What do you think about these... Um, uh, tariffs that's a good question it's going to be interesting to see what that does it's affected us a little bit we've had you know we talk about the cabinetry here we talk about some of these other vendors that are buying overseas and it's already hit us i mean we've already had price increases you know without name dropping everyone i mean from appliances to windows mm-hmm. everyone's been raising prices and whether that's justified or not either way that does affect us and the client because interest rates have gone up it's kind of stabilized the market if you will it slowed it down a little bit especially in that middle market and now here we are with these tariffs that, um, you know, hopefully will counterbalance and you'll have a lot more American-made stuff come up, you know, which is Possibly. what we want. Yeah. We're hoping and, um, you know, but the price increase has hurt and we've had to advise our customers because for some of them it does change their pricing. I know, I know Timmy from Imperial was not too happy with it. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're buying anything overseas, it totally... I don't want to say jeopardize, but it changes your whole business because you start, you know, having to raise 10, 20% just to break even. That's, that's a big problem to a lot of people. So, you know, we've had some customers that aren't too happy with some of their stuff that was quoted. And when it comes time to purchase it, that, hey, the tariffs hit, there's not much control. I mean, we didn't order it and have it in stock and they didn't want to at the time. They want to hold on their cash. They don't want to pay for something six months before they need it. Hmm. Well, that's the risk you take, you know. Now it's 25% more. Yeah. And it's not because you're a jerk. It's no. They... <laughs> it's like, hey, here's the invoice. It's just yeah. passing from us to you. You know, that's just part of life. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. I mean, you know, it's really hard to say because it's all hitting us now this fall, you know, that it's come in. We've dealt with it over framing. I'm sure you guys had the lump. I mean, for us, lumber was because of Canada, you know, it's our lumber was crazy high for a long time. It's come down a little bit, but. Now we're getting hit on the back end, especially by finishes. How about um, the interest rate increase? Does that um, have any effect on at your level? Probably not. No, I know we've had some customers concerned about the stock market. You know, last couple of weeks they've had a couple hiccups there with some of their investments. But from a from a level that we're operating at, we're you know the interest rate's really going to hit the clients in the two hundred to seven hundred thousand dollar home market, right? The, yeah that are conventional loans or right. FHA makes- loans, you know, yeah, where, where every dollar is important. That's where it really hits them when those interest rates go up because now it's changing their payment. 
you know, in the, the world we're operating where, um, you know, they're custom homes, multi-million dollar projects. A lot of these buyers are cash, so it doesn't affect them. They're no, they're more savvy of the uh, stock market than sure. interest rates. Right. You know? um, so we haven't seen a huge hit as far as what we do with that. I was always confused about there's so many things that goes into building a house. How the, how do you protect margin on that, on all the things that you've got to do with it's, all this changing stuff? It is so hard. That's that's the hardest thing of what we do because as a GC, you're you're not responsible for one scope. It's, you know, 100 scopes of work and trades and costing. And so, you know, we're pretty upfront with our customer to let them know from the beginning that we have pricing and we'll contract them and buy it out, you know, to get them the, the good deal. But, you know, if there are unexpected changes or tariffs, you know, when it comes time to purchase their product, if they're buying it from overseas, that that gets passed on. I mean, they're going to have, okay. you know, it's yeah, in our contract. That makes sense. We, we have no control over if, you know, a hurricane hits Houston and it starts affecting our drywall and metal mm -hmm. framing, you know, our cold, you yeah. know, cold steel framing. So, I mean, it's, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, um, you have a lot of commodity based yeah. products that you're it dealing is. with. And it's just like anything. I mean, you, I can't tell you the price of gasoline in three weeks from now. It's market value when you go to fill up your cars. This right. So when you, thing. when you go to the table, you're like, okay, this bill's going to be $2 million to X amount of dollars with additionals. And well, what, what we try to do, and that's a good question, we try to say, okay, let's say hypothetically your, your home's going to be $2 million, and it's broken out by line item, right? Framing, concrete, drywall, so forth. You know, we always recommend they have contingency. So there's a contingency line for overages, you know, as – and, and it's fluid, you know, it could be that they're making a change and they're saying, you know what, we're planning on doing brick facade, you know, on the interior, this accent wall all throughout our living room, we're not going to do it. So let's take that 20 grand and we're going to move it to contingency. And then if there's a price increase, because it's tariff on, on uh, cabinet hardware and we have to spend extra four grand, well, we can move that back. So we have that contingency that's fluid that moves back and forth um, and it's the client's money. And so that's, that's really the best way to do it. Who sets that forth? Like, are you the one that says, hey, we're going to have this, and this is, you go through that with them? We try to in pre-construction to say, look, if your budget is $2 million, well, let's either build, plan to build a home at one nine, you know, and have 100000 contingency, or if you're comfortable, keep it at $2 million and put one hundred and fifty or one hundred in contingency. So you should always have some sort of contingency amount to protect you because, you know, one thing we can promise is what our fee will be. We can promise for the most part what the project will be, but there are incidentals that come up that we just can't control. So let me just say on a smaller scale, we're just doing a bathroom. Would there be a contingency on a bathroom build? Probably not if you're doing Factor a remodel. Is it? Yeah, I mean, on, on a bathroom, I would hope not because by the time you're bidding it to executing and, and moving forward, it's pretty quick, you know, and they're self-performing, yeah. most of these companies, so... You should be able to say, "Hey, your bathroom's going to be fifteen grand," and you should be able to knock that out in three weeks and fifteen grand, right? Whereas me, you know, I mean, we have a project now. I mean, we've been working on it since February, pre-construction, right? We've done budgets and pricing and all that stuff and put it together. The project's going to break ground in January. Well, that's a year since we've started the discussion. Pricing's changed since then. Labor's changed. You know, masonry's gone up. Framing's gone up. So those things that they will be aware of, and they're going to have to hit that with the current labor rate as well as any tariffs that have hit. So, you know, that's where we try to set that expectation that, hey, by the time you actually do this in a year, there, there will be, you will be impacted in some way or another.
Kurt, what do you guys say about that? I didn't Did you sign up for a house build yet? No. Um, I kind of wanted to know, like, more or less, like, uh, where you're going now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's your, like, we kind of talked about earlier today. But I kind of was interested in, like, the uh, side of, you know, where you're going. You're, you're at the section you're at right now. You figure 10 to 15 jobs, right, a year that mm-hmm. you're running. And you got something cooking right now. We do. Yeah, so expansion. so so there's a couple things happening. So we've really wanted to to invest in the real estate side. So we've we've been um, very targeted in uh, you know brick and mortar and in these in different commercial projects, retail um, mostly, but there, there's some other avenues. But long story short, we're we've been purchasing real estate in town to have that portfolio, that backing behind us you know, acting as a landlord, if you will, on the commercial side. So that's a big focus. One of my biggest focuses for AFT is the commercial division that we're running. And we have a couple big projects in line from the commercial side. Um, uh, you know, not only just ground up doing the horizontals and verticals, you know, the land development side, which will be a first for AFT. Um, but we're putting the right people. There's We're putting the right people in line that we've known, that I've known. And we're going to build this division. And, and we'll always focus on the custom homes, the high-end remodels, you know, the multi-million dollar remodels. And that's going to be a big thing of what we do. But we want to be diversified, residential, commercial, remodeling, um, and really hit that runway with those three. Because as the market changes, you know, we can align ourselves accordingly. And, you know, commercial just, it, it's a different challenge, a different beast, but something that, we see as a big part of what we're going to be doing in the future. Is that also have something to do with the, the quality of commercial inside this location as of right now? Like, is that one of the things that may have sparked that interesting commercial or was it literally just, you know, more or less the turnaround and executing at a higher level than normal? That's a good question. You know, I think, um, you know, with commercial where I see the value is that um, you can, it's more efficient from this sense. You're dealing with less parties, okay, less influence. Mm-hmm. So that allows us to build quicker. Um, we have less obstacles, and so we can build, um, you know, it comes with other complexity, of course. But, but, yeah, but we can, you know, I can do, you know, a really high-end TI, a million-dollar TI in four months as opposed to custom home in 14 you know, in, in the custom home, that doesn't even count the pre-construction that leads up, you know, eight months before you yeah. start ground. So four months to two years, you know, that's a big, swing. big swing. And um, in addition to that, you know, there's relationships with our customers we've done on these commercial. You know, that's these are venues that we could visit with customers or clients and mm-hmm. continue that relationship, do their next location. So a, a custom home, um, which I love, by the way, I love the challenge of it. I love the design aspect. But. You know, that client will do a home and maybe they'll do another one 10 years later. Who knows? But on the commercial side, this is a client that they're going to do a project. And then in six months, they're going to do their second location. And then in a year, their third. And so it's a constant stream. And in addition Plus, to that. Other ahead. businesses inside that world, right? Like if they know anybody, yeah. they could call you if you do a good job. You can, and if you do a good job in this sector and there's other competitors that see that, they'll call you. And so it, it, it branches differently. Um, and from the land development side, it just just... You know, as you're going into these ventures, you know, if you can have brick and mortar, if you can build these for the client and then keep 
some of these offset buildings in house. Well, now you you have property that you're managing that you're leasing. You're the landlord, and so it allows you again to have other revenues of cash flow that help you as a company just you know work through a new recession or downturn or just be more lean, more efficient, so that you can diversify. You know, I think diversification is a big thing in any. You don't you don't want to get pigeonholed, no, right. no matter what you do. I hear you. Yeah, you don't want to be a roofer all your life. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Hey, I don't know. I. It's funny that you know, as confident as we are in our things, we're at lunch and Rice showing us how his company's running and how efficient. And I'm thinking, why? Why am I not a roofer? I need to be roofing. I see his formula and how quick he's doing estimates and his closure rate and in and out. And I'm like, it's a different beast, though. It is a different beast, and you're dealing with different labor and you know. But sometimes, you know, there's. I think the grass always seems greener, it, but you know it always it just, seems greener on the other side. Plus, I, there's pros and cons to anything. You know, as a sub, as a GC, as a developer, I mean, there's pros and cons. It's still going to be a fight. There's different, just avenues of stress is what it comes down to. Yep. It's all about the build, right? Yeah. That's the cool part about it, in my opinion, to see like what you're trying to do as like the expansion you know what i mean like mm -hmm. what's going on right now you know what i mean like you got that going on and then it's went in and then you're, you're trying to go add this and this and th and there's some things you didn't even you know what i mean like i'm sure you didn't even talk about with us you know what i mean because there's always shit going in your brain right you know what i mean when i don't know that's the stuff that yeah what like, do you do really with that do you suppress that until you're like shut up Shut up to myself. Shut up. All right, now I'm doing it. <laughs> it's impossible to turn off. I think it drives my wife crazy. Sometimes she even says, like, Brad, are you here? You you're know, like, you're thinking about something else. Wake um, up. Wake up. <laughs> that part's tough. And to your point, Kurt, I mean, we're we're opportunists. I think, you know, we've looked at, you know, we have a couple subcontractor companies that we've started and that we will start. And, you know, for us, it just, in our market and what we do, it just, I, I keep saying diversification. I mean, we have to be efficient we have to find better ways to operate and it's the only way we're going to be here for the long term and that's the commitment we make to our customers that hey when you hire aft you're hiring someone that's for the long term we'll be here we'll be around you know to service you service warranty whatever it may be and so we need to make sure that we are fulfilling that end of our commitment yeah I, I'm, from what i could see seems like you're doing a good job i mean Thank like I, I, obviously it's a business shit you know what i mean you got i'm sure there's shit that comes up every day <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah. it, that's I don't know. But you know what's them. interesting? I think one thing that people need to understand that are maybe listening to this is that it's okay to take a lost leader. We talk about this maybe as a sub, maybe as a GC. It doesn't matter. There may be a job that you take that you're going to lose on. And, you know, if you go into a mentally thinking, hey, if I go to school, I'm going to pay for an education. Or it's going to cost me money out of my pocket. Well, if, if you go in and say, hey, I really want to do this custom home and I may lose 50 grand building this for this client. However, I get my foot in the door. Information. I have my sign going up in this community. I'm going to network in there. I have that in my portfolio. You, you say lost leader educational, but you could be targeted in a project that's a lost leader for the company, but you actually use that to catapult your business. And we've done that. And I think enough people don't think about that, that it's okay to be aggressive, to come in really tight to get a project, to put your company on the map, to build from it, even as a sub. You we, we've definitely won that way uh, multiple times, but but it was intentional. The ones that really hurt that 
are the losses where you didn't intend to do it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and we've had a few of those. But they're 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 your losses. You move on. You know. You what I mean, on. hopefully you can move on. You win like, some, you lose yeah, some. Yeah, exactly. But there's I, there's a ton of losses, mm-hmm. probably on a daily basis. Of, you know, maybe you lost a little bit of reputation with somebody, or maybe you lost some money. There's a lot of things that you lose mm-hmm. during the day. So, yeah, you just got to be used to being a loser. Yeah. <laughs> at, at a certain point, and not let it affect you as a person. Yeah. You have to realize not everyone's going to like you. I mean, as much as you try a good job, it's it's okay if someone doesn't like you. I mean, you can't make everyone Kurt happy. Kurt doesn't like anybody. Well, Usually. if you're trying to make Kurt happy, you're never going to be happy. I mean, you got to get him a cheeseburger, I cut know. in half, and be your friend. No. Um, <laughs> cut triangles. He doesn't even want to cut in half. What are you talking about? <laughs> he got mad when we got pizza and it was cut squares. It wasn't yeah, cut triangles. No, no, he was really mad when he found out the pepperoni was under the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was dope, but I didn't. I that didn't was know pretty that good. Was that common. makes sense because usually the pepperoni falls out no, and dope. falls off the thing. Plus, they did, like a, they did like a whole. Whole layer across the, you know, I mean, across the crust before they dropped the cheese in. It yeah. was good pizza. It was dope. Yeah. We was out in Arizona eating pizza. Like what? <laughs> we still got good. We have good food here. Yeah, but I I wasn't expecting the pizza to be decent. You know, what I mean? it was good. I was I shouldn't say decent. I'd it say the guy good, was you know? like super attentive to service. Yeah. You know, he was like filled. He filled my cup up like seven times. It was only Even like a quarter full. <laughs> That shit was I like, like that service though. Two thirds. You know what? We're not as grumpy. <laughs> it was like two thirds is always like come by refilling hey, glasses. Look outside. We have some. We're not grumpy like you guys in no, the northeast. It's true. Yeah. Like we would just be dealing like with those nor- cloudy yeah. days. It's raining and cold snow half the year. Wait, and, and, and the Eagles in, like, lost wins. So Eagles like, lost wins. Mad. I think I live in Seattle or something. Well, I mean, dude, it felt like Philly, it this year. It was brutal. Well, you guys are getting hit with those snowstorms. We're out at the pool. Just oh, lounging, man. so of course we're being more relaxed out here. Yeah, yeah. Now we're moving out here. I don't know about moving. I mean, yeah, you gonna you gonna get us in one of that? Yeah, I mean, give us a little 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 spot above one of the new commercial lots you buying. I mean, like, give us some office space. Little like a, a real John. Give like, me a little corner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like a little little corner John. Like you got the porta potty. I'm gonna give you the storage <laughs> under the closet. The like like storage six under the stairs. feet, bro. Like yeah. underneath the stairs. Lock the door. Put I a give door you a Harry Potter closet. <laughs> Throw some food underneath. <laughs> <laughs> a little speakeasy to talk to him. I'm just saying, if you know what I mean, like it'd be a cool spot to just come hang out every once in a while. It's a good place. Mm-hmm. You can have your mobile office out here. There you go. Okay. Put you up by the Scottsdale well, Gun saying, Club. If you give me that six foot operational space, I'll be good. Because then I could even like possibly sleep there because it's like six foot you get out here box of swirl cacti move it and we'll make that happen oh kurt kurt's how big though how big is this john (laughs) it's a twenty-two thousand dollar cacti yeah can i do like the 7g one first give you a 25 foot tall one to move dude that's crazy like how many people like legit come out well hold on why don't you tell everybody about that because they don't know what we're talking about right now but the process of like moving to you know like when you're when you when you hit this site and then there's X amount of tags, you, you got it. So, yeah, one thing that's a little unique to Phoenix, I mean, it's different building all across the country. But one thing we deal with, especially in some of these subdivisions in Scottsdale, is the terrain, right? Um, as far – so we have protected vegetation, you know, mesquite trees, swirl cacti, different plants. And so we have to come in with an outside firm. We – look at the building envelope where we're going to be working and building the custom home. And then we tag all the state protected trees and bushes and, 
everything that needs to be saved. And it's either at that time before we break ground, relocated on the property outside the building envelope, or it's stored off site at a nursery and nurtured and watered for a year to we're ready to come back and do a landscape and come plant it. So they'll come through and they'll box these trees and replant them or haul them off site. And then we'll grade and do the retaining walls, build the home, come back when we're ready for landscaping and softscaping when all the drip systems are in and everything's, you know, sprinklers are in for the grass and what forth, whatnot, and uh, reinstall everything. So some of your clients that come from out of state today, they're like, what? <laughs> Most of them are pretty surprised. They're like, what are you talking about? You know, especially a lot of our clients are out of state, so they've never seen anything like that. It blows my mind about the whole cactus thing, though. Like, that was crazy to me. Yeah. I think, what was that? Like, a, the 12-footer? Yeah. The 10-footer that you, it's like, oh, yeah, it probably cost like 15 Gs. Like, what's... Yeah, it's easy. I mean, by the time you're either purchasing that brand new, I mean, those are expensive trees, we call them, you know, even though it's cacti. You know, they're, it's not cheap. Yeah. That's for sure. And if they have to box it and move it, then it's even more because you have to make sure you don't <laughs> kill it and you sit, salvage it. Yeah, that, nah, I'm good. I ain't moving none of them. I'm not coming up here to move that. I'm good. You, you can, you move it, and then I'll just, like, you know what I mean, on the phone. I'll be like, yeah, <laughs> that's how you're supposed to do it, Brad. Good. I don't think I'd be cool with a $15,000 cactus in my backyard. <laughs> I'd be like, kids, don't even get near it. Don't touch it. <laughs> I don't think they would anyway, because it probably hurt, right? Oh, my gosh. Well, we have one... Um, one client, and we'll see how it pans out, but the original intent, their design, they have this large pool. You know, just imagine a large rectangle pool, and in the dead center of the pool will have um, a swirl right there. So it's going to oh, be wow. like hardscape in the yeah. middle. Instead so of you like can a swim around it. Yeah, instead of a fountain, you know, it'll be, you know, a big swirl right in the middle of the pool, which would be kind of cool. So that it, is it, cool. That, yeah, that's it's more be. for decor than anything because, of course, yeah. you know, their pool's more not usable they're not gonna be playing volleyball in the pool or something no it's just more right for the soak, soaking pool and then it's and more scenic to have that swirl right in yeah. the middle what well, we saw on the one build you had the astroturf around it that was pretty cool yeah that's nice and it's so much easier less maintenance for the client you don't have to worry about sprinklers around the pool and, and it looks pretty having the turf the only drawback is in that sun man that turf gets boiling hot so just oh, like burn your feet yeah, it'll burn your feet yeah Make sure you have a, to a towel that you lay down because huh. it will get your feet. Yeah. Or just walk outside and cleats. You're good. <laughs> Playing football in the backyard, breaking ankle. Be good. It really, it's not AstroTurf, though, is it? No, it's, I mean, it's artificial turf. It's, so it's not AstroTurf, but it's artificial turf. And they have a bunch of different blends and finishes. And, I mean, now it's come so, so far, there's a ton of options when it comes to fake turf. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. So you, like, do you align yourself with, like, brands of turf and brands of cabinets and well, brands of... We do for the finishes. I mean, when it comes down to turf at that level, we're not really having to say in that. Our landscaper is. So our landscaper will have different manufacturers he's working with, different pricing modules. And then, you know, again, it's broken down by blades of grass, how long the grass is, how dense it is, the color of it, you know, the shades of green. So... I mean, I've seen their color boards. There's so many different options when it comes to turf. Are you able to bid these? You bid these jobs out to subs, or you're just like you're doing this for this price? Uh, we bid them out. So the way it works, and that's a great question, is if we're on from the beginning, we we put together some budgets for the client based on their taste and appetite and what we can gauge in project history, you know, historical analysis. So we'll put together a budget. Let's say that. You know, we for flooring on this house that we can gauge it's going to be about a hundred grand for flooring. 
and that's wood flooring and tile. Then what happens is once they make their selections, we'll hard bid it, you know, with our subs and pick the most qualified bidder for the best price, of course. And if that comes in at 92,000, then we'll, you know, if our allowance was 100, we'll take that eight grand and move it to contingency. If it comes in at 106, then we just either do a change order to the customer or if they have contingency, we'll move it into the line. So hmm. we try to get as close as we can from the beginning. And, you know, for the most, most part, we're pretty close, but there's so many variables that you're never going to hit it direct. And so we'll give them a, a base budget and then come time to break ground, we, we have a more hard cost. So what's your, what's your day look like? So that's a good question. It changes every day. It's construction. So of my, <laughs> my, yeah, my role in, you know, is, uh, you know, working with our team, making sure that all of our jobs are running efficiently, that the trades are th uh, showing up and our trade partners are performing. So if our subs or if our supers are having challenges, they'll let me know and I'll get a hold of the owner or work with the sub to make sure that they're going to perform, uh, work a lot on business development, a lot on our op operating procedures, refining those, um, you know, future outlooks, you know, visiting the projects, doing our marketing, uh, social media, uh, networking. I mean, all those things are going to run a company. I mean, it's more overseen. I'm, you know, when we were small, I was running jobs. I was the superintendent on projects. I was doing all of our estimating pre-construction. And now did you pick up any tools? <laughs> I did. Yeah. You know, I'd like finish off the spackle, like, I would. Paint, I did insulation. I was at Home Depot <laughs> buying some bad insulation nice. for one. Yeah. And we were talking just eight years ago, right? Sooner than that. I mean, I was out in the field as soon as three and a half years ago, three okay. years ago that I was out with, you know, doing odds and ends and all my hands and knees with my shot back, cleaning the site myself, you know, making sure it's clean. And so that's, you know, I love that part of it. I miss it, but it's just, you know, for us to grow as a company, I can't, I can't do that. I've had to step away and, you know, create those systems and people in place. So, uh, you know, we're fortunate to have a good team and That's awesome cool. PMs and supers. Like if we weren't here today, would you be on the phone most of the time? Mostly. Yeah. Mostly on the phone, computer, emails, um, putting together budgets. I do a lot of our budgets on the front end, you know, with the clients, so I'm running through that. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a really busy day and running between projects. I mean, it, trust me, it's from the minute I wake up till I go to sleep. There's stuff going on every day. I mean, a lot of our clients are only available at night, and, you know, that's how – you know, we communicate with them. So the, um, there was something I was just, gonna, okay. So I'll bust your balls about like going to sleep at nine and all that, but like legitimately sleep, wake up routine, or do you even have one? So, <laughs> you know, it's funny. You asked my wife and she doesn't think I sleep. It was, uh, but, but I do. I mean, I'm fortunate for whatever reason. My mom, she was someone that didn't need a lot of sleep, and I have that same gene. So I typically sleep about five hours a night, and, you know, I can function. You know, 12 to 5 is fine for me, you know. It allows me to have time with the family, time with my wife, and, you know, uh, take care of the stuff I need to during the day. And I stay pretty active, you know, whether it's, you know, basketball or gym or other things. I think you have to have that to you know, just to be healthy, right? To manage all that stress and have an outlet. So between all of that, it, you know, I so you're like, like five hours then. Yeah, right? five yeah, hours is fine. Five yeah. five hours of sleep a night, then I'm good to go. Yeah, six is preferable, but I can't ever think of a time I've gotten eight. It just and most people yeah. understand that you just can't. Okay. When do you have eight hours? Yeah, it don't really happen, right? No, do too much stuff too late. 
supposedly important, but it's important. I don't know that it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> they say it ages you ten years. They do when you sleep that that way. But so we'll we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you yeah, never I know. Think we're going to see real fast because you know what I mean. Yeah. To have this conversation, I don't know, four years. We'll <laughs> be like. But it's just look like older. you're 60, dude. What do you He's know? Got He's got <laughs> Like a Santa Claus beard. <laughs> like a wizard. Brad the wizard. Be Brad the wizard. Gandalf. Came, yeah. Little I mean, eye Gandalf hanging out. <clears throat> dude, you got to get a cane. You getting a cane? You looking for one? I could use one to smack you. Like how big though? Like a long one? It like just like you know, like a pimp cane or like a, a stave? <laughs> like a pimp cane or a stave? You know what I mean? What are you thinking? I'll have to ask my kids. They're big Harry Potter fans. We'll see. Yeah, if they so you're probably going to go with the, little, the, the stick or whatever. Yeah. Some like kind of big wand. Harry Potter the fans? Yes. Oh, they're huge they're Harry Potter fans. Yeah. Okay. We had to take them to Universal last year. That's what sure to go to Harry Potter land. Yeah. Go get some butter beer. Yeah. I don't know nothing about good? that, cuz. Yeah, it was. Yeah? Yeah. I've, you know, I still need to watch the last movie, I think. But, you yeah. know, kids love it. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I might have saw, like, one maybe. <coughs> and not even, like, the full thing. But you have like five posters. Yeah, no six. <laughs> Come on, dude. We talked about this earlier. Can't let everybody know. What the fuck? Schmeagle's his favorite. <laughs> He's my favorite guy. Wait, we're we talking about a different movie. You're talking about Lord <laughs> of the Rings, guys. I know that movie. Now we're in, I know that movie. Now we're in Ryan's realm right yeah, now. Schmeagle. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, I know that movie. Yeah, we're always trying to get that yeah. ring. The precious. <laughs> All right, this one just went downhill. Nah, we're chilling. Mm. I mean, we're wrapping it up, right? What do you you gotta <coughs> so you gotta we're gonna be done this, you gotta go run, two meetings, meet with the dog. Like this is what just happened. We came in, you we ran around, and then you're gonna go do some more shit. You're and like So yeah, I mean just I mean we asked a question about the day. So I mean today is a little different with you guys in town, of course, but I mean keep this morning I was in the office at five thirty. You know, I live a half an hour from here, so I was up, you know, four thirty, got ready, headed up to the office, got here at five thirty and I was cranking on emails and contracts and resolving some issues that we're having out in the field, a couple, you know, concerns and, um, you know, everything I'm catching up on. By 8 o'clock, I was able to get two and a half hours done, which is great. Pick you guys up. You know, we've we've been at it today. And when we're done here, I'll be meeting with a wood flooring rep for a project we're doing to, to get this wood floor resolved. And, and my daughter has a activity tonight, performance, and, you know, last night when I dropped you guys off after dinner, I was meeting with clients. I mean, it just that's that's the routine, right? You I mean, were on the phone with Adam for an phone, hour yeah. before we started. Before this. we started our yeah. podcast, I was in there with Adam taking care of a few issues out there that we had to resolve. And you know, we went downstairs to look at some of those nice cars, and my accountant pulled me aside with a couple items we had to address, a couple checks to sign. And you know, that's just how it is. You you run a company, you're you know, it's I, th- I think. Anyone, you have your ABC urgent list, right, of what has to get done, can be done, and what can be put off. And so I'm very aware of what has to get done today. I make sure that those urgent items get taken care of, that critical path stuff. And, you know, everything else is pretty fluid, you know, as, as the day goes. But, you know, I try to, you know, I'm, I'm very targeted in what, when I take appointments, where they're located, you know, proximity, so that my schedule, I'm running most efficient, less time on the road. Less time, lose, you know, can't be losing time. So I have to be really efficient on how I manage my time. And our staff's the same. I tell them, hey, make sure you plan your days where you're not driving to five job sites that are far apart. You know, plan it where maybe you're going every other day or whatever it is so that you can, you know, maximize that time. Even though there is drive time and you can make phone calls during that time, it's still, 
you know, less time on the road, more time in the field on the computer, you can be more efficient. I like that. Yeah, it's important. Mm-hmm. Be efficient. Yeah, with and you your time. Learn, yeah, you learn over time, and you learn. Hey, is this meeting? Is this networking event? Is this going to benefit my business? And not everything has to be that way, but it is important to at least look at it that way, and understand what's building the business and what's not, and then how much time do you want to allot to that? So I'm assuming some people helped you figure all that out. Yeah, or you just failed a lot and figured it out. You know, I will say one of the benefits, you know, to social media, in addition to us sitting here and the relationships built, I mean, you can network with other people in the same industry across the country that aren't competitors. And by doing so, you can share trade secrets, if we will, or different ways to manage your day, you know, to manage your trade partners, to manage your schedules. And, you know, there's groups through the NHB, you know, Power 20 groups where they put together 20 builders from different markets that meet twice a year and you know, at that level, they're going through financials. They're going through, you know, what you're paying as superintendent, what you're paying your cell phone bill, your overhead, you know, what you're paying for rent and how you can better run your company. And I think anybody, as you look at those resources and other relationships, you can get their advice on their pitfalls and what's made them efficient and how they structure their day and, and use that to your advantage. I yep. mean, as a roofer, you could do that, right? Right. You I could, do it all the time contact other roofers hey how are you doing this how are you doing with this issue you know and um just find a better way to operate your business i mean there's a lot of continuing education out there a lot of resources so i could dig it um i know it's getting close to that time um i, I think it was chilling you know it's always I mean? chilling with you, Kurt. Oh, stop. Playing. Come on, man. Yo, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about them footballs over there? What's up with that, dude? I just saw that over there. What's you like up? that? Those are signature. trophies, man. So well, we have an AFT go, football go, go, team. Go let us know what's up. Like, we can go. Like, want me to go, go get it or something? Why? I want to hear what's up. Yeah, so we have you. we have a couple trophies up there. So we have an AFT flag football team, and it's eight-on-eight eight flag football. Um, ran through the city, and a lot of kids from ASU. And so us old guys will play against some of the young bucks. and. <laughs> We've been playing together long enough. I play quarterback, and Adam, he plays offensive line for us, who you okay. met. Okay. And we have a couple other guys on staff, and then some of our sub, you know, trade partners play with us, and then some of our friends. And we've so been it's a local – it's a lo- just it's like, local. It's a local thing, though, right? Yeah, like, just flag. I mean, it's it's still, you know, but ask still Adam. Awesome. It's a lot of contact for him on the line, but it's fun. We have a good time. We've been fortunate to win the league a few times, so we support those trophies here in the office. And You also get to hang out with people that are local too, right? Yeah. It's yeah. probably It is. It's fun. Cool. Yeah, our team name is AFT Construction, so a little that's branding so there. Original, that's so original, dude. That's like, unique. Yo, dude, like, I don't <laughs> even know. Far, I yo, know, where'd I you come up with that? Yeah. I can't figure it out. How the hell? <laughs> that's pretty unique. Dude, like, even, like, the initials, they, like, they basically match the company <laughs> name. I know. It's, it's pretty logo. crazy. Logo to Bro. <laughs> even the logo works. Oh, that's you cool. Even no, stop. Yeah, man. So is that like on the front? And even a t-shirt that has a logo, it's a trip. Dude. Bro. Right. Do you have so, it like on the shorts? Yeah. So what's <laughs> your longest pass? Completed pass. Um, In the air? Or just seven years. Catch and run. Seven yeah, years. Catch, catch. I don't know if they catch stats, but we've had a few 90 yarders. You know, oh, 90 well, yarders? Well, flag football is 80 yards, yeah. so it's probably like 70 seven. yards. Yeah, 75. So you threw not a 70-yard bomb? No, not in oh, the air. Okay. So let me clarify. <laughs> so it's probably a 45-yard pass in the air, and then okay. he runs for 25. Right. So. Um, 
No, I'm a kind of a running quarterback. So I've had we had uh, last season where I think we're on like our own five. So I scrambled all the way, you know, 75 yard touchdown, which you spike it and shove it in their face. <laughs> <laughs> it iced the game, you know. Yeah. A little Michael Vick action. I don't know. I don't see Brad as that kind of guy. Are you? They say I'm the scarecrow running from fire. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what they call me on the field. That. It's funny, one of my skitty. well, we've been playing for twelve years. So my old boss he used to say that he would come to our games and he would say, "Brad, you look like a scarecrow running from fire." <laughs> <laughs> but so it you worked. Are fast. It worked. It worked. <laughs> so you are faced. Uh, more or less, yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. That's chill. So I love it. I mean, I play a lot of basketball, I play in city leagues, and it's fun. Keeps me young. Takes out that stress, right? Yeah, my wife's super supportive which is awesome she's great about it and so that's fun and does she cheerlead for you guys she doesn't you know i have five girls and one boy and my boy's three so all the girls i mean there are some who are involved in soccer and dance and stuff but you know none of them have taken the likes to football or basketball yet i turn on tv it's funny because my oldest is cheerleading you know in high school and she's always like i don't know the rules of the football game i'm cheering or the basketball <laughs> game and i'm like We've been watching this since you were born. Like, have you not been paying attention? Well, you didn't explain it to her yet. I tried to, but there's just no interest. So maybe one day. When she when she really likes it, wants to develop that relationship with dad, it'll come up again. Yeah, she is more now. She asks questions because now she's a freshman. She wants to know. She's going to him. Yeah, it's funny. That's cool. And that's your oldest, correct? Yeah. So she's 14. She'll be 15 here shortly and be driving soon. So cool. She'll be working with you soon. I know. We're going to put her to work. She loves design. You know, she wants really? to That's awesome. get into design, interior design at some point. That's freaking cool. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Like, would you, you incur, if, if she wasn't involved, she didn't care about what you do for a living, um, would you kind of push her towards that? Or would you be like, nah, just whatever you like? No, I, you know, I was kind of raised by, you know, my parents were pretty good about letting us kind of find out what we liked and support us, right? You let them decide and support them, not push them and. It's been pretty neat. You know, I they love, in fact, last Sunday, we came out to the custom home. We're just finishing, and they hadn't seen it, and they were just blown away. We brought the whole family, my wife and all six kids. And oh, the older yeah. ones who could understand it and appreciate it, yeah. they were just in love. Like, they just loved it. And they, they couldn't stop talking about the rest of the day and at night. And <laughs> that's when my oldest was like, yeah, I, this, I really want to do this when I grow that's up awesome. and be part of this and do design. I just love it. And it's fun because we did a project in Gilbert – actually by my home and the family we built for she's my daughter's friends with their kids they all go to the same high school you know and it's pretty well-known home there because it's probably it was the black and white one we did and it was won a lot of awards for that home so everyone in town knows that house so for them they go to school (laughs) and it's a sense of pride where everyone talks about that house and they're like oh my dad built you know built that house yeah so it's really cool so they see the excitement that's kind of goes back to your question about why we do what we do and you know i see the excitement whether they follow in our footsteps to some sort or not they they can appreciate it they see it they they know what it is you know if I say I'm an accountant, they may not know what that means, but they know as a builder, they see the projects, they walk them, they can appreciate yeah, it's something it. you can see. Yeah, yeah. it's tangible. They right. know what it is. They, they see all the, all It starts time. from they, nothing. And they so. follow us on social media, so they see <laughs> that dirt <laughs> and they cool. see it finished, so they know <laughs> a little bit about what dad does. Right, and they know that that's why dad's gone. Like, yeah. They understand that. That's, that's, mm-hmm. what I, that's what we talk about all the time. Like yeah. You know, people say, like, oh, why you work so much? And, and it's more or less like, I, I, I don't know what else to do. Like, to... To be honest, like it's not that I don't 
see my kids. I don't, you know, take time with my kids or nothing like that. But it's like you do what you got to do, and then. Mm-hmm. But at least they get to see it. Yeah, you know what I mean. They could go get the, well, kind of, oh, in the a way. Guys. They're part of it. Yeah, yeah. You and it's fun because as they've had Instagram and they follow us and like our pictures, you know, they get to see stuff I'm posting every and day. People and see, see the you, stories. Say to you and, yeah, yeah. And they get to see the, the interaction, excitement, and interaction in the comments. So they, you know, they get to be part of that. So it's, it's awesome. So before we close this out, I wanted to find out how you close out your clients. Like the sales? Well, we like, can't give no, away all the it's secret. over and it's totally Oh, like how done. we finish the project? Yeah, like how you end it with them. Basically, hey, we took, we've been involved with you for almost two years from design phase to implementation, and now we're done. Do you guys sit down at the end, a hug and kiss, or is there something <laughs> you give them? Or how does it, I mean, That's how does great. it roll out? That's a great question. I've never been asked that. Um, and so what we do is is a few things. So, for example, we have, you know, a closing book we give them. So, you know, when you build a home, you have all the warranty manuals for all the appliances for under cabinet lighting. I mean, whatever it is yeah, that went in the house, stuff, tons right? of stuff, right? So our project coordinators, they put together a nice binder and it's a resource for them. It has all the finishes in the home. It has the paint colors, has the grout colors, has everything that they need, has all the warranty manuals, heat pumps, everything on the heat pumps, on the, the condenser, on, you know, everything that the pool, you know, equipment. So everything's in this book. It has uh, itemization as far as the trays that worked on the home. It's all by category, cool. you know. So it really gives them an easy resource. It's clean. We, we do a final walk with them. So we'll come out with, you know, the project manager and superintendent. And they'll do a final walk through with the client. And, you know, they'll do a final punch of the house, put together a punch list and close that out. And we always do some sort of gift basket or something nice for them that we'll give them, you know, at the end of the project, thanking them. And, um, you know, we pride ourselves in the relationship after the project's done. And so it's important that, you know, that we, you know, we've gone out to dinner with our clients many times, you know, after the project's done, we stay in contact with them. We take care of warranty items. We, you know, it's, it's too hard of an industry. It's too hard of a job to just, you know, fight the whole way and then just be done. Like it's important to have that good relationship, the whole building process, and then nurture that after because, You'll be amazed how many leads come from those clients, you know, in the future. Let's so. say you build this house now and let's say twenty years from now, right? They again. need to they need to either build again or I gotta get I want all new windows or I wanna change that countertops or I want a new kitchen or that kind of stuff. So what's amazing, so the hillside build I took you guys to today that's at the base of Pinnacle Peak that we're just starting. So that client, so he one of my employees was one of my project managers had built custom homes before joining our firm. And he built this home. The client purchased the home and has known my project manager for 10 years. And he came to us to AFT about a year ago and said, hey, I want to remodel my house. You know, it's dated. It's really nice custom home. You know, it's done very well, but I want to update it. And it was going to be a $500,000 remodel. And then he found that lot. He said, I want you to build a new custom. And so that's kind of that point that here was a customer that, you know, had been nurtured and taken care of, you know, and you're not going to make money off that, but it's the relationship thing. And then instead of doing the remodel, he buys a lot and says, I'm hiring AFT and a story and we're off and yeah. running, you know. It's crazy. So it, this stuff happens all the time. That's why some companies have dedicated maintenance companies that just go around and service their clients that they've closed because – they know that when the clients remodel or build again, that they're, you know, they're I, involved. I have my guys reinvest money into existing customers. Yeah. Um, 
How do you do that? So we'll be at a customer's house and we've already signed a contract. But instead of taking $500 or $1,000 to put it towards a new lead and an acquisition, you know, all the, all the, t- all the costs that go into bringing another lead, meeting them and all that stuff. I say, we already have a really happy customer. Let's make them a little more happy and get them something that costs five to a thousand dollars, like an additional skylight or upgrade the metal or the chimney, that kind of stuff. So we're reinvesting in an existing customer. And I consider that a really good way to market to them. It's really smart because I mean, it's from your side, you can do it where it doesn't cost a ton, but in the eyes of the customer, I mean, it goes a long way. Right. I'd rather take that $500 that I would acquisition a new lead mm-hmm. and 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 give it to a customer we already have yeah where it's realized really make them recognize excited about the project so, i love that but yeah it's a good point of view i need to come up with a package to end to end our jobs but anyway kurt just ripped his headphones <laughs> off are you uh, trying to run through the glass I again i think he needs a no, cigarette i know i had that shit <laughs> under my foot and stood up and yanked it right off my head dude <laughs> It's that kind of to point. Usually the he's leaning into tub. the glass, and now he's just trying to nah, run dude, through I, it. No, dude, I was like standing up. I was like, oh, just chilling, Cuzzo. Yeah, that was a weak. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. weak, man. He, d- d- Thank well, you. Are you giving me the hand he, gobbler? Uh, or are you nah, like nah, a hand gobbler? Like, I go to pump your fist, and you grab my hand? No, this, this. You, yeah, no, no. Just just like that. Okay. Like, just to. Just to yeah. Okay. And I just saw the most awkward handshake <laughs> ever. No, it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is.